right. Do you think we're ready to get into it? I think I'm ready. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Boy. Boy. <clears throat> Boy. And we have a good episode for you today. <laughs> everyone, welcome to Player vs. Plot, the podcast where we take video game stories seriously. I'm your host, Lindsay, and with me today are Chris hey. and Sterling. Hi, everyone. And this week, we're going to be covering God of War for PlayStation 4. And even though there's no number on the end, it's, it's not the first God of War in the series. Actually, the eighth God of War in the series. Was not even going to be my guess. I was going to be like, four. Yeah, God of War 4 for the PlayStation 4. My guess was first. <laughs> I mean, from the God of War games that I've played, I know I think you're similar. Yeah, okay, so I only played the game called God of War, and then I went straight to the game called God of War. So I had not played any other God of War game before. I knew it, like, mm-hmm. in the way you know a meme, right? I was like, oh, it's the games about that He's angry real God. angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, those yeah. were two. Those were the two things I knew. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He punched gods, and he banged women. And I was like, as like an eleven-year-old girl, I was like, I guess I'll stick to Spyro. Like, I this doesn't seem like it's aimed at me. Spyro. <laughs> Spyro. So I, but I, I was worried going into this that maybe I would have needed to know what happened in the previous games. No. But I didn't feel like I did. Do you guys feel like it added to the experience having played? I think if you, they all, from like my research going back after playing this game. It seems like the games after God of War follow a similar pattern where it's like Kratos is close to being happy, but gods don't want none of that. So, you know, right. and Greek and gods. Yeah. People. I, I think that having played a little bit of the previous God of War games, uh, playing God of War, God of War 2, and then God of War, I think it really does, it added a little bit to my experience because okay. mm. it showed that Kratos in the past had lost family that he was out for revenge he wanted to forget and have these memories ripped from his mind and be absolved of his sin essentially and the fact that this game starts out the way it does just kind of feels like in a way he kind of got what he wanted but now is a chance for him to rebuild kind of like what the uh developers were trying to do with this game yeah was trying to make a new kratos make a new franchise and you can see him, he's trying to get far away from gods in this game. So any any point at which someone says something, especially Atreus, like, oh yeah, but gods are cool, right? Or, hey, maybe there's a god close by. And then you see Kratos very troubled. <laughs> it's it's almost like he's Jamie Lee Curtis and she moved out of the suburbs to the city. <laughs> and then she, they're like, oh, there's this party out in the suburbs. And she's like, oh no, I don't want to go back there. What is that reference? From Halloween? Oh. Yeah. No. In Halloween, the suburbs are the most dangerous place on I've seen Halloween. I just forgot who Jamie Lee Curtis was. Except she's in the yogurt commercials and she's in Freaky Friday with with Lindsay Lohan. That's my version of Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Maybe we should also do a quick introduction on the characters. Well, Uh, yeah. So, like, for me, going into this game, all I knew was Kratos lost his family. Ares was like... Haha, gotcha. Because Ares made him do it and then bound him somehow. And then Kratos is like, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you, Ares, and I don't know, every other god along my way. Mm-hmm. And he does. Like, he kills the entire Greek pantheon. 
Yeah. I mean, and that was enough for me going into this game. Yeah. Right? He just yeah. keeps killing gods and then, like, he trips over another god and he's like, fuck, I gotta kill this god too. <laughs> and then he runs out of gods. Yeah. So yeah, that's... so he's like, well, time to get the fuck out of Greece. You would think he'd just stay there at that like, point. Hmm, maybe I could be god of this, but the world's ruined. I'm gonna go mess up some other place. Yeah, he looks around, he's like, wow, killing all the gods really ruined Greece. Better find a new set of gods to murder. That, so then yeah, he goes yeah. to... Norway? Scandinavia. Somewhere Norse mythology. Yeah, Norseland. Norseland. Yeah, as it's known. So, I mean, I think that's a good starting point then. Chris, do you want to walk us through what, what exactly happens? The plot mm-hmm. of God of War. Okay, so the game. For games, PlayStation 4. Yes, the war for <laughs> PlayStation 4. So the game starts with you playing uh, Kratos, Kratos. They definitely. Again. Listen. For the listeners, this is a point of contention because it's definitely Kratos. They say it in the game. And in Greek, it would be pronounced Kratos. Is it really Kratos in Greek? It should be. Oh, okay. Then I'll call him Kratos. I'll call him Kratos because <laughs> that's what they say in the game. So, so we've got well, okay, so Kratos, Kratos. Kratos. I'll, I'll call him Kratos for now. And uh, so he's out in the woods or something. I think you're supposed to guess that this is not Greece. I'm not good at geography, but... It's significantly colder than maybe Greece would be. Probably a lot, lot more birch trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's chopping one of these trees. Uh, he's actually getting ready for his dead wife's funeral. And with him is his son, I mean, who I you've never hope, met before. I would hope it's not his live wife's for funeral. That'd be real dark. Yeah. And who's his son? His son's name is Atreus. I thought his son's name was Boy! Um, there, that's also a point of contention, <laughs> but I'm going to call him Atreus that's for fair. purposes of this podcast. <laughs> so you're getting ready for the funeral. Um, it's a really emotional moment. You, you set your wife on fire, but she's dead already. So it's cool. And so you find out that the wife's last wish is for you and the boy to take her ashes up to the tallest mountain. In all the nine worlds, I think it's called. Nine, nine realms. realms. Yeah, nine realms, and spread her ashes from there. The problem is the boy's kind of sick. Like, he's been having some issues lately with his body, and you're not sure. Well, you are, Kratos is not sure if the boy's ready. So there is, like, a little bit of a sequence where you're teaching the boy. It's kind of a tutorial for you mm-hmm. and teaching how to hunt, stuff like that. When you get back home... You get visited by this mysterious dude. He's like covered in tattoos and he's almost naked, I think. Yeah. Um, Shirtless. Yeah. So he comes up, he starts making trouble for you. So I you're will, like, for anyone who hasn't played the game, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's Conor McGregor. This mysterious stranger? Yes. You and McGregor? <laughs> Conor McGregor. Oh, 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 I thought you were saying he was kind of McGregor. No. Like he's McGregor. Well, I would love it if he went McGregor, just like popped into my house in my video game and it's like what's going on and like well hi so okay, the so ufc conor fighter um conor mcgregor comes up he starts making trouble and you're like boy get in the floor so he gets into this hidden compartment and uh you start fighting this guy because he won't leave you alone you don't know what he's there for you have like a dragon ball z fight because mm-hmm. it starts escalating you realize this guy is superhuman um kratos hulks out and he I don't know, he buries the guy somewhere? He, he, goes, puts a tree in, on him he goes into God mode. Yeah, he, yes. he, he 
cracks open a mountain, snaps his neck, and throws him into the ravine he made. Okay, there you go. Yeah, because it becomes very clear during the fight that this other guy has superpowers, too. He's like, Kratos does his super god punch, because going into god mode is a mechanic in the game. It's It's not constant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's like, ah, and like god punches him, and this guy's like, cool. And if I remember correctly, that's the first time you get to use it. You even yeah. yes. fight enemies before this, but you don't have that because I think he's hiding his god nature from right. the sun. Right. So, with that encounter done, Kratos is obviously very concerned yeah. because he, he just spent his man. whole life now, or his whole new life, trying to get away from super people. And this guy comes and fucks it up, and they know where he lives. So he takes Atreus and he says, okay, we have to start our journey early. So ready or not, here we go. They start mm-hmm. on their journey to get to the tallest mountain in the nine realms. And I'm gonna level with you here. There's a lot of like story beats at this point that are kind of like, oh, you found the door, go get the light in the bag. It's the key to open the door. And so like time to go to another <laughs> world. And so it's yeah. kind of a lot of that back and forth for like the 30 hours. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want to talk about going to Alfheim and <laughs> I mean, those Alfheim are cool places. And... <laughs> but I'll leave it out for the summary for now. Yes. But suffice to say that your journey takes you through a lot of different realms. You see all kinds of different people. You encounter mythological figures um, on your way to getting to the top. And among them are the agents of Odin, which include the sons of Thor. Um, you meet... Balder, you find out that that guy that attacked Conor him again, McGregor. He's Conor Balder. McGregor is actually Balder. Um, quick recap: Balder is the son of Odin, who was granted invincibility by his mother, who in this game it turns out is Freya. Mm-hmm. But um, you're first introduced to. She, yeah, she's she's kind of undercover as like a, a witch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Freya helps you out throughout the game, but it takes you a while to find out she's his mother, um, and Balder kind of resents her because. In this game, the invincibility means he literally can't feel anything. He can't feel pain or pleasure. Those are some of the characters you meet on the way to the top of the mountain. And Baldur's hunting you down throughout. Yes. He and the agents of Odin are on your trail. They want you. You don't know why. Presumably it's because they know Kratos is a god and a god killer. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I were Odin and I knew, I'm like, oh, Kratos, the ghost of Sparta, known for killing all of the Greek gods, Hey fam, let's go handle this guy. Like yeah. I, he just showed up. He's living on our like on our lawn right over there. Yeah. We see him. He's just a serial killer. Yeah, right. Basically, I mean from their perspective, yes. right? They don't know he's turned over a new leaf. Now to aid with that though, because you might be inclined to be on their side if you've only heard of Kratos, right? Yeah. Um, the game does give you the talking head, magically reanimated, of the smartest man in the world named Mimir. And this head kind of delivers a lot of classic Norse myths to you. And then mm-hmm. he tells you in the game world, like, what really happened. And mm-hmm. spoilers, Odin is a huge dick. <laughs> yeah, if you've never Just learned like anything Zeus. about Norse mythology, right? Odin is the Norse Zeus. Right. Less rape. Yeah. I think so. Less shape-shifting on Odin's part. He left that to, like, Loki. Od- right? No, Odin did a lot of shape-shifting, did he? too. Mm-hmm. He oh. would disguise himself as, like... Uh, anytime you see in a Norse myth, it's like, oh, there was just some, like old frail guy who was you know blind in one eye or oh there's a wolf that's blind in one eye oh there's a crow that's blind in one eye you're right because there's all these stories of like heroes like sigurd and stuff and 
Odin is always like a deus ex machina. Mm-hmm. Like, he will come in as some old dude who's missing an eye, and that's always the clue that it's some, like... I mean, it's pretty. It's a bad guy. disguise. He's not, like, going full swan mode like Zeus, but... Or just like a, I, I mean, yeah. I imagine back then, Vikings were frequently losing body parts. That's including true. Including eyes. <laughs> so, like, that might be normal. And also, I bet they were all like, yeah, it makes totally makes me smarter. I gave this eye up for knowledge. It's fine. Yeah, like, the old, like... Oh, man. Guy has a high-passioned uh, hook for a hand, and they're like... Wow, how'd you lose your hand? He's like, oh, battle got it chopped off. He's like, well, how'd you lose your eye? He's like, first day with the hook. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, so that's that so bad. <laughs> um, so that's the canon of Odin. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, but you know what? That is what happens in the world of God of War because Mimir tells you, the Talking Head tells you, the real story is that. Odin was doing something totally unrelated to getting smarter, and it did cause him to lose his eye by accident. And Mimir told him, oh, this is your sacrifice for all the knowledge you're going to gain. And Odin was smart enough to just say that that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so anyway. I would too. Remember how he <laughs> yeah. said Atreus was sick at the beginning? Yes. So that's one of the big conflicts of this game. See, as you go on your adventure, you every time you fight another god or god's son or something like that, Atreus is sitting there looking at his dad like, fuck. I don't think humans can do that. (laughs) You can't challenge the gods, dad. What are you doing? I think dad just reached into the ground and pulled a chunk of earth out and threw it at somebody. Meanwhile, he's like, have I ever seen him work out? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, you find out, Freya tells you that Atreus has some kind of subconscious, like cognitive dissonance, right? So, oh, because he gets real sick. He gets really, really he's sick. Like coma. He goes unconscious. Yeah. Um, you find out that he's having like a subconscious identity crisis. He believes he's a human, but obviously he's half god, right? So the solution to that, after finding, you know, going on other quests to find other stuff for him. Oh yeah, you have to journey into into hell. You have to go yeah. into hell. And this is where you break out the halfway through the game yes you have to go to hell helheim to um get something to help your son and that's when kratos is like you know what things are getting real desperate it's time that i put these blades back on so simultaneously he is he's embracing his past in a very literal way because he's digging up the blades of chaos and he's also saying all right i'm ready to tell my son that's true because he knows yeah, he knows when the sun comes back, he has to tell him the truth. And the Blades of Chaos are really a representation of his own sins and his faults and flaws and bondage, bondage to the Greek gods. Yeah. And he doesn't want to remember that. It's digging up a sore spot. It's you digging know, at a scab. Yeah, we, we didn't mention this before, but the reason he has these blades, they're like they're like chained to his arm. Is because they come from the original God of War. Right, game. he was like a... Not a prisoner. He was like a slave, pretty much, of Ares, as far as I remember. Right. Essentially, what happened was he became Ares' champion, and Ares was like, all right, uh, in exchange for, like, all the powers that I can grant you, you're going to be mine. And he welded the chains of chaos to Kratos' arms and gave him, like, power for it. It's not really welded to him. They're not really welded, but it's essentially, like, seared into his arms. I see. That sounds painful. Would, he was on the verge of death having watched uh, barbarians just kill his entire army. And he's like, Ares, give me power. All right. he, like, he, he says, like, anything I need to win, I'll 
I'll give it up. All right. Yeah. So. So he's healing Atreus. He Atreus, Atreus is like. <laughs> Kratos now knows. Okay, I have to tell Atreus the truth. Mm-hmm. Problem is, Kratos is not really used to talking to people or explaining <laughs> things. So he doesn't say like, hey. <laughs> he's not very literate. Oh, okay, that's another big fuck point. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, so he tells, he doesn't tell Atreus like, here's my whole past. Here's why I'm afraid of gods and being around them. Uh, he just tells Atreus, you're a god. Yeah, it's pretty low key. Um, that's uh, pretty low key. <laughs> so he tells Atreus, you're a god. Atreus, obviously, I mean, he reacts like a child would, right? Well, his very favorite. first comment. Like, can I transform? Can I turn into like an animal? And Kratos is like, yeah, probably. Yeah. I I don't know. Like maybe you're good with words. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good like. What would a kid want well, the moment they hear they're a god? Can I can I turn into animals? Like you know, that's a funny thing because Kratos does not connect Atreus' reading with being a god. I mean, nor should he. No. But from his perspective, he's like, well, this must be what reading's like because. <laughs> Kratos, being from Greece, is in Norway, he's illiterate, right? Right. And so throughout the game, Atreus is kind of like the academic partner to you. Yeah. He has to read everything to you. He has to summarize the lore for you. He's literally writing a journal. You find words and you point at them and you're just like, boy. And Atreus is like, oh, all right, Dad, I'll read. Boy. He's like, what is this? He's like, Dad, that's not Norse. That's not Norse. He's like, boy, what is it there? (laughs) Read it. He's like, Dad, I don't know. I don't know. Here are four things to read. Learn this language for me and then tell me what that is. That's not a joke. Like, Atreus learned several languages throughout the course of this game. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kratos can't be bothered <laughs> to learn his second language. Well, no. to be fair, at one point he does say, hey, you know, maybe I can learn. Yeah, but... it's, that's a really touching moment. Like, yeah, there is a moment where they are on kind of a high in their relationship. And you have there's like this switch you have to turn that like involves reading. And Atreus says like, hey, you're always teaching me about fighting and survival. Like, what if I taught you something? That's a good moment. There's it was, a lot of stuff like that. It touched my heart. So he's healed. Yeah. So okay, he's so a god. We'll, we'll go, he's we'll like, go can I later. turn into an animal? He That's that. pretty bitchin'. Like. Absolutely. And I think does he say like, can I turn invisible or something? Yeah. He just wants like all of the powers. It's like playing the game. If you could mm-hmm. get any superpower, what would your superpower be? Right. So, but here's the thing. The boy's also on the verge of puberty, and I think this is what pushes him over the edge. Oh my god. So he starts to get kind. Starts to become kind of a little shit. For a little bit. Yes. He's very mean to NPCs. Yes. Very sense. They put a sen- very sensitive NPC in the game just to have a trace bully him. Yes. He's he's a dick to you. He actually stops lis- listening to you. You of course control Kratos, but the way that Atreus fights with you is that when you push the square button, Atreus will either shoot an arrow or he will do some contextual action, like read something for you. Mm-hmm. So you do kind of get to order Atreus it's, it's around. It's the Atreus button. Yes. Yeah. And actually, that was one of the, when they were making the game and during development, this was a very conscious choice on their part because they didn't want to have Atreus feel like a liability. They wanted him to feel like, you know, maybe kind of like a demigod, but like as your partner and something that you will learn to rely on. Yeah. Which is totally how it happened. Yeah. Because, like, I had gone from not using him at all to using him a lot, and then I hit this point of the game, and he's, like, being an yes. asshole, and you hit square, and he doesn't do it. Yeah. 
He just, I'm like, is my controller he dead? You, I think he even says something like, I don't need to listen to you. Yeah, Kratos is like, boy, you shoot when I tell you to. And he's like, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> like, like, actually, he starts using like melee attacks more. Mm-hmm. And my is... worst moment was I was just fighting somebody, getting ready for like a big fight I could see coming up on the horizon. And it's like. <laughs> I saw a lot of uh, green stones laying around. <laughs> yeah. And I see like. There's like three enemies, and he won't do any of my attacks. He's not doing anything. And then with the last guy at a sliver of health left, he's just like, I'm going to summon wolves now. And I'm like, no, sign up for the big fight. <laughs> and it's on cooldown when you need it. Yeah. And what's really clever is that Atreus gets um, upgrades at set points in the story, and they're pretty big. His fighting efficacy really goes up throughout the game. Oh, yeah. To the point where he starts out, like, literally the game tells you to use him as a distraction while you're fighting the first boss. Yeah. Not Baldur, but the one before that. And it's, like, plinking off of the enemy. But then the enemy turns around, and then you go and, like, axe them, right? Yeah. But later in the game, Atreus will straight up kill enemies for you just by pushing square. So that's why it was, like... I was pretty ticked off when he just wasn't listening to me. And then he starts saying things, right? You're on side quests, helping people. Right. And at the beginning of the game, you do a side quest, and Atreus is like, oh, we got to do it. We got to help him, Dad. And Kratos is like, I mean, will we get gear? Then okay. Mm -hmm. And now you go and help people, and Kratos is like, this is kind of like our thing, son. And And Atreus says... Well, I mean, little people's problems shouldn't even concern us. Like, we're gods. Yeah. Like, we Which, don't even need to worry. We should decide for them. Yeah. They're just, like, ants under our boots. I was like, whoa. Yeah, he starts saying stuff like that after you fight, too. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, of course that would happen. And I can't remember what he says. <laughs> well, they expect going up against gods. Something yeah. like that. Like, just the entire time, up until this point, Kratos has been, like, kind of, like, the distant one and been, like, the apathetic one and yes and uh atreus has been the empathetic one being like hey we should help them because it'll it'll be nice and whatever and and kratos and uh atreus are rubbing off on each other and it seems at this point to have gone a bit too far in each direction right you could kind of track their arc where if there's like a if there's like empathy at the top and like stone cold hardened killer at the bottom (laughs) Kratos starts at the, he, like, his line is at the bottom, and Atreus is at the top, and throughout the game, you see them getting closer and closer. The graph would make, like, an X at right. a certain point, because they've and, crossed and gone the opposite direction. And there was a moment, here's something I thought was really cool. There's a moment where they show you, not that the paths have perfectly intersected, but the moment comes after that. It comes when they've gone past each other. The two paths have kind of crossed a little bit, Right. At the beginning of the game, there's a part where Kratos and Atreus have to fight humans. I think this is the only time in the game you ever fight humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Atreus has to kill one of them. He stabs one of them like in the neck or something with his knife. And he's like freaking out because the first time he killed, he's killed a human. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And Kratos says, like, look, if you don't do this, they will murder you. You have to harden your heart to it. And throughout the rest of the game, Kratos and Atre- Kratos is kind of softening his heart while atreus is kind of hardening his heart you know it's just part of the process of becoming an adult mm-hmm. and well, so there's dark. a moment <laughs> yeah no i i actually do think that gods are used as a metaphor for being an adult in this oh, game oh man like you get power and also you become kind of a douche yes and you now like once you become an adult you can't escape the strife within your family you have to like directly address it we gotta table that and yeah. come back to come it. back to that 
so there's a moment near the end where you're entering this giant serpent's mouth, right, to get another key. And as well, you're and going Atreus in, is. Is he still a total jerk at this point? Yeah. At this point, he's kind of calmed down a little okay. bit. Okay, because he, yeah. he does have an arc where he's like... Well, Atreus' folly ends up uh, throwing both he and Kratos back into the depths yeah, of hell. Yeah, he shoots he... Kratos. Yes, there's Kratos... a moment where Kratos and Atreus are about to make it to like through the last door. They have a final key, and Kratos does something kind of dumb. And it, it, it almost well, destroys Balder the shows door. Up. Right. Balder's like, ah! And Kratos is like, you're not yes. getting through. And like, he's fighting Balder. They smash this door you have to go through. And Atreus wants to fight it. Balder. Yeah. Yeah. And he's really mad at his dad, too. For A, breaking the gate, which was their only way to mm-hmm. Jotunheim, the land of the giants, where the tallest mountain in the realm was. Yes. And B, not, not letting him fight. Yeah. Right, and yeah, and that's actually been a thing throughout the whole game. Like the the story starts with, the like when they're establishing like the status quo. The status quo is that Atreus is not ready, but the inciting incident of Balder coming and picking a fight with you is what makes Kratos have to leave before Atreus is ready for this journey. Yeah. So the whole time Atreus, he kind of he does kind of express this to you. There's a moment where you find out that like there's a side quest where this kid kills his own father. And Kratos is obviously sympathetic to the kid because he did that to Zeus, mm-hmm. his father. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> and Atreus says, like, you know what? Like, I think that's really fucked up that I can kill his ever. father. But, you know, like, I guess I do get angry at you sometimes, but I would never hurt you. Yeah, but then he he, he does? Yes. He shoots him with an arrow. Yeah. Kratos is actually surprised to find out that Atreus gets angry at him, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what do I do that <laughs> angers you so much? How could like, my son feel anger? Yeah, so, right, <laughs> that's another good point. Yeah, it's not something I can pass down or even <laughs> yeah. learn from me. Where do you get um, that from? Must be your mom. <laughs> um, so he's like, like, why would you ever get angry at me? And Atreus says, well, sometimes you doubt me and you tell me I'm not ready and I think that I can do something, but you don't believe in me. Which is, I think is really interesting because Kronos is very abusive to Atreus in a lot of different ways. And only one of them is the fact that he doubts Atreus. I would call that the least egregious, like, egregious <laughs> yeah. thing that he does to Atreus. What are the egregious things he does to Atreus? For one thing, going on this journey. <laughs> you know, no, it's like father-son bonding. You have to remember, like this is like Viking times. I mean, I'm, I'm applying our standard of oh, child abuse to I, this. That's not fair. From the perspective of the kid... Going on this journey, there's all of this abandonment issues. There's uh, there are yeah, yeah abandonment. I thought no, yeah. you guys, have you guys ever seen a goofy movie? It's like this. Mom's dead. I don't remember. They go on the they go on a road trip. I just remember Michael Jackson, right? No, it was no. Uh, Powerline. It's Powerline. Oh, Powerline. But basically, okay. I've yeah. never seen it. I've just heard Lindsay talk well, about. Well, it. Well, guess what we're oh, doing yes. after this? A goofy movie. <laughs> oh, totally. It partners well with God of War. I thought you were gonna say Goof Troop Super yeah. Nintendo. Oh. So, okay, but there's a lot of reasons for Atreus to be mad at his Resentful. dad, I think. Mm-hmm. But the one that really sticks out to him is the fact that his dad hurts his pride constantly. And Maybe so, Atreus should just get good. I, maybe. Well, he does. <laughs> he, I well, he does. And then Kratos is nicer. Yeah. So that all builds up to this moment where Kratos does something that kind of sets them back on their journey. And then Atreus Balder. shoots him. I just, I, we have yeah. to keep coming back to this. Atreus shoots, he straight up shoots him with an arrow. And I was Not really. Not just any arrow, an electric arrow. Yes! 
I was real worked up about that. And that does more stun damage. Because this is like right after. Well, it's important that it's stun damage because oh, that's yeah, when yeah. you get well, kidnapped. Right. Yes. And this is right after like Atreus really stopped listening to me. I'm like, oh, so you don't shoot arrows when I tell you to, but you shoot me with an arrow. That's how it is now, boy. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, then Balder. Let me get the belt because uh, <laughs> you're well... about to get a whooping. <laughs> Balder <laughs> snatches him up because he, because Kratos is like stunned. He's stunned. By the electric arrow and by the shock of his son shooting him. And Kratos is all like, he's my son. I don't care I, what he did. I'm going to reprimand him once we're through this. <laughs> so, but I got to save him right now. So long story short, that puts both of them unintentionally in hell again. Yeah, they dive in hell. And, they journey out. Right. They go to the snake's mouth. They see a little bit real quick. They do see some some like ghosts from their past. Right. So you do encounter Balder in hell. Balder uh, kind of reveals unintentionally to you that Freya is his mother. He's talking to the ghost of Freya. And that resentment. Right. And then you right. also see Kratos confront Zeus. Zeus. But then you also see Atreus confront Kratos in a vision. And that's where Atreus is like, is that me? And Kratos is like, boy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Atreus, Wait, I don't remember this point. Yeah, Atreus gets to see himself being like a super douche. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and Kratos oh, yeah. like grabs him by yes. the wrist and is like, boy, like scolding him like he's in a, like a toy store and he's like, <laughs> I want all the toys or something. <laughs> and then he's like, no, oh, you gotta behave. Listen to me and we will be fine, but you are not. Yeah. yeah. That would be like watching a YouTube video of yourself from like five years ago. Except for Atreus, it was like oh, an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> like what if like man like 12 hours after you were like really grumpy and really rude to someone they just load up their phone and they were like yeah i recorded it watch it don't I mean, don't do that to me going like, i wanted blueberry <laughs> and you chocolate chip first of all <laughs> i would never want blueberry instead of chocolate chip if i'm saying that i'm insane and i've had a concussion and you need to get me to the hospital but i would totally be upset about not getting chocolate chip please don't please don't record me if i'm being rude yeah, Lindsay has strange juice preferences. We've established that. Red. Red, Red juice. Yes. That was a thing when I was a kid. We didn't buy orange juice. You bought red, red. or purple or no, orange. No, just red. Because no, hear me out. I like fruit juice. I'm pretty into the. But not any specific fruit. No, just no. Fruit. Whatever juice. the. Whatever <laughs> the black. Whatever the black raspberry. That one's real good usually. And cherry. Those flavors. Save it for the DLC, Lindsay. <laughs> the insight into my Wait till we have a juice. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Pay $5 a month and you can find out what Lindsay's favorite color of juice is. It's blue. <laughs> it's red. Well, anyway. there goes that Patreon in the <laughs> Okay, so Atreus sees a picture of himself being a dick. He kind of starts to get over himself a little bit. It's, a, it's kind of like a He microcosm. probably just needed some juice. Yes. Maybe. Or a nap. It's it's he's an abbreviated a form of puberty that yes. you kind of see him go through. Yes. So this and all that's kind his, of that's his pivot moment, right? Yeah. And that is a big moment mm-hmm. in him, I guess, kind of maturing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the side quests develop it a little bit yeah. too. But that's why when you do, you get back out of hell. You're in the, the mouth of the the world yes. serpent. So you get to the and Matreus is kind serpent. of starting to atone. Yes, and there is, and so it kind of like. It's almost like the pendulum swung real heavy in one direction, then the other. And now Atreus is kind of finding his equilibrium near mm-hmm. the end of the game, mm-hmm. right? 
And there's this really good moment where they're in a boat and they're entering the big serpent's maw. And Atreus says something like, I had a dream about this when I was little and I was so scared. Oh, he doesn't say scared. He was just says, I had a dream about this when I was little. And Chris inferred, and was Chris so was big. like, I would be scared right. if I had that dream. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, so a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> so so he, he, he gets to that part of the sentence and Kratos cuts him off. Kratos says, hey, you don't have to be afraid of your dreams. Like, dreams aren't real. <laughs> something like Unless that. Unless you're a prophetic god. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kratos says something about how he tries to comfort Atreus, right? And Atreus just kind of like, you know, rebukes him a little bit, like gently. He says like, no, 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 I'm not saying I was scared. I was a baby. Now I'm not. And I'm just remembering, you know, when this, when I used to be afraid of this. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I watched that moment, I, I just thought, like, what a weird thing to throw in there. You know, it just doesn't seem to connect to anything. Oh, really? And then I thought, oh, shit, we just saw yeah. Kratos get too soft for his son. And we just saw his son get too hard for Kratos. <laughs> and no, <notice>, shut up. Edit that. We'll edit it out. Um... Anyway, I like that. They don't show you the moment where the two align. They don't synchronize perfectly at any point in this story. But you know because of where they end up that at some point, Lizzie, what the fuck? (laughs) 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 Do we need to take a break? And we're back. Um, Lindsay's composed herself from that. Short, Short break. So Kratos and Atreus were shifting viewpoints. Yes. So we, we kind of see the point at which they've kind of built this bridge toward each other. They've come to understand each other a little bit. They're, it's gotten to the point where they're overreaching a little bit to be more mature and more sensitive, respectively. Mm-hmm. And so we come to the end of the story, right? At the end of the story, there's a big showdown between Kratos, Atreus, Baller, and Freya. They all meet up. Yeah, they get place. out of the snake. They get yes. out of the snake. They were in the snake. They were in the belly of the beast. And then they get out. Mm-hmm. Feels like they should have been in the belly of the beast a lot sooner, metaphorically. <laughs> There's a lot of belly of the beast. <laughs> they get out of the belly of the beast because Balder punches the the snake, yes. the giant snake. He even okay. He says the most amazing line. He says, mm-hmm. I, "I'm like not quite quoting, but pretty close. I knew if I punched Jormungandr, which is the big snake, that would get you out in the open." Yeah. I'm like, fine. You're like, I mean, I guess <laughs> the logic checks out because it worked. Yeah. They, uh, and he wasn't wrong. Jormungandr, the world serpent, vomited them up. But, but the I don't even think he funny, knew they were in he there. He did not know they were <laughs> yeah. in there. He was just like, He thought, hmm. like, in his head, he pictured Atreus and Kratos just walking through a forest, and then they just hear, <laughs> What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the world serpent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like their bat signal. Yeah. <laughs> they come out in the open. And oh, so man. they, so, yeah, yeah there's a snake. big fight. They this go up the, the last, mountain. Yes. This is the last boss fight. Freya is actually trying to keep you from killing Balder at this point because she's well, so overprotective. Because Balder is killable now. Well, yes. Well, that happens during this fight. Yeah. 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 You hit him with, unintentionally with a mistletoe arrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is Balder's only weakness. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. in the myth. Yeah. Yes, so the, by the end of the fight, you and Atreus have demonstrated how you work perfectly together as a fighting team. You defeat Balder, but he's still mad at Freya. He's about to kill Freya, 
Freya says, if that will make you feel better, then you can go ahead. Because she just loves Baldur so much. She's kind of the opposite of how most gods work in these stories. Yeah. And Baldur's about to do it. And then Kratos kind of casually just walks up and breaks his neck. Yeah. And Baldur's dead. Which is big because there was a moment where he spared Baldur's yes. life. He was he like, I'm Baldur. sparing your life. Do better. Yes. It was a very big moment because earlier in the story, after fighting one of the sons of, or both of the sons of Thor... One of the sons of Thor is really weakened after being beaten up by one of the other gods of the Norse pantheon. And I think it's his dad. It probably, it might, it might <laughs> AKA have been, Thor. It probably was Thor. <laughs> really obscure Norse mythology character. I, don't remember. I didn't remember. That's okay. But anyways, the son confronts you and Kratos and Atreus, and he's beaten up, and Atreus goes up and just is like, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, this is puberty, Atreus. Yeah, when he's like in peak little shit mode. And Kratos is like, no, he's beaten. Yeah. There's no point to you doing anything further yeah. to him. And Atreus goes up and stabs him and kills him. I think, haha, I just put this together. Doesn't he kill him the same way he killed a human at the beginning of the game? Doesn't he oh, stab he does, him? Oh, the neck stab. Yeah. yeah, he knows it works. And so, like, Kratos is like, I told you not to kill him. You're disregarding all my stuff, whatever. And then, when, like, you finally beat up Baldur, and Kratos is, like, enraged, it's like, you kidnapped my son, you're trying yeah. to kill my friends, you're... He's kind of sensitizing him. Yeah, he's just, like, beating his face into a pulp, and Atreus comes up, and he's like, whoa, dad, he's beaten, stop. And Kratos is, like, trying to throw off this, like, whole shell of rage, yeah. like, this this rage that has consumed him through the first seven games of the series, and now he's like, you know what, you're right. I'm trying to be the example for my son I, that I want him to be. I want him to be a good god. And he, he stops. Him, yeah, yeah but he, then, he, then he goes. And that's, but that's what first, <laughs> like the decision to spear him, isn't that pretty new for the series? I haven't played all I haven't played any. Does yeah. anyone else get spared in any other God of War games? No. Okay. Not even Kratos' family. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> so, a different case. He, so Baldur is dead because he goes to yes. kill Freya again and Kratos is like, what did I just tell yeah. you? And like snaps his neck and Freya's like Yeah. And you know he's dead this time because yeah. this referee rushes on screen and checks his calls and he says <laughs> he's dead. One, two, three, <laughs> down. Yeah, and Freya's salty. She's not taking it well. She's very upset, like wishing up, wishing upon Kratos every plague and disease and misfortune and how she will have his revenge, her revenge. And, and then the talking head Mimir says, eh, she'll get over it. <laughs> that's what that's what prominent female goddesses are known for. Getting over things quickly. In all mythologies. Well, they're just so moody. Right? Like, they're just controlled by emotion. So... <laughs> That was a joke. <laughs> this is going to break my neck. Um, so anyway, uh, Kratos finally tells Atreus the real truth, right? He tells him the full thing. I was the son of Zeus. I murdered Zeus. He still doesn't tell him everything. He just says, I killed my father. Yeah, he I leaves out Atreus. the other you know, 20 gods that he murdered. Well, and his also, own family. And also all the terrible things that happened to him. But I think Atreus puts two and two together there. And so I hope. And so he says, is this like, is this just my destiny? Like, is this what gods are always going to be like? Like, we're just, just family killing each other, children killing their parents. And Kratos says, no, we're going to be different. We're going to break that cycle. And in doing so, he kind of tells Atreus what his goal is for his upbringing, which mm -hmm. he hasn't been super clear on before then. He hasn't really... 
this is the first time I think Kratos is being totally honest about exactly what he wants. Well, there is, there is throughout the game too, the symbolism you see Kratos go to touch Atreus and stop short. Yeah, Atreus you, doesn't see it happen. Yeah, as time. you go farther through the game, he begins to get closer. Touch yeah. Atreus. By the end, he's making physical contact. It's this like yeah. full acceptance. It's this. This is. Yeah. I'm Eternal ready. Instinct. Yeah, I'm ready to share with you. So they do it, right? Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. And now we get to, because the real theme of the game is like God of War, psych, you got to find a taller mountain. Mm-hmm. And you finally, you've, you've gone to a mountain, you go to another mountain, you go to another mountain, and finally yeah. you're... Yeah, I climbed like four <laughs> mountains in this game. Finally, but, but, you're, you got the gateway to the right yes. mountain. Because this mountain the, is in the yeah, hidden Jotunheim, realm yes. of Jotunheim, which is where the... Land frost, of the giants. Frost giants mm-hmm. yeah. So it's been sealed away. It turns out... Balder and Odin weren't after you for the, you know, whole Kratos is a god killer thing. They were after you for the secret on how to get to Jotunheim. And you're there. Psych. It was, yeah, it wasn't that either. Well, right? yes. But that's <laughs> what we think as we're going into. Yeah. So you get to Jotunheim. And what happens? Although Jotunheim? I still think that's why. Well, you get to Jotunheim. You have a touching moment where you leave the disembodied Mimir head on the floor of the gate. And yeah, you, do. you just leave him behind. No, there's the, 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 the dwarves. dwarves. Yeah. The dwarves oh, that's right. They him. take him. They take but him. you were totally going to just leave him sitting yes. there. Yes. Right. And then you go into Jotunheim. You climb the steps. You to the top of the mountain. You start going a bit further. Kratos looks out over the landscape before getting to the top and, like, unbandages his arms, which were representative of his past. And now he's, like, completely shown himself to his son. And he has nothing left to hide anymore. And Atreus is like, come on. He's like, no, before you go, you can carry the ashes, which is a big yes. symbolic moment again. Kratos for... has carried the ashes the whole time. Right. And not trusted Atreus with it. It is, it is funny that this happens right before they cross our rickety uh, suspension. Oh, bridge. I totally, I was like, you can drop them. <laughs> and Although, Atreus like... was going to briefly go berserk and be like, no, <laughs> there's still more ashes. <laughs> what, like, what, a, what a parent move, though, to be like, I don't trust my kid to do this. How do I get around that? Oh, when we have like I don't know two feet left to go, I'll get I'll be like now you can do <laughs> yeah. it, yeah, yay, yeah. you did it. And then as you walk into like the gateway that was the giant's usual gateway, but has since been lost, you find a huge mural of essentially Kratos and Atreus's journey. Yeah, and this, it this mural everything from things that happened at the beginning of the story to things that happened 10 minutes ago in like yeah. in game to things that have yet to happen and they make it pretty clear the mother made that right, right. and then it's clear that the mother made this essentially and... the mural is a visual version of our podcast mm-hmm. it's like here's the plot but the thing yeah, that was really interesting here was that like the mother throughout the entire game had been portrayed as this loving and like caring and open person and, and kind of the plot, human aspect like for the Kratos. human aspect for yeah, Kratos, that she did all the parental things necessary to raise the kid right and, like, teach him, like, the history and legends and myths of his culture. And Kratos sees all this, and Atreus is like, what does this mean? And Kratos is like, that I wasn't the only one with secrets. <laughs> but, yeah, your mom was a giant? <laughs> yeah, so it turns out... Oh my out- god, there's a line in the game designed to make that less shocking. Where they go to a place where giants had were hiding. Oh. And Atreus says, Oh yeah, you you he laughs at Kratos for thinking giants that are the giants big. are huge. Yeah. yeah. 
Which they totally still are. There are some huge giants. And there some are, yeah. Normal-sized yeah. giants. I think the mythology is that they can... Yeah, they can shrink grow. Shift, yeah. That's kind of like how they built the walls around Asgard was... Okay. Yeah, it's a myth for another time. Okay. So we're there. We find yeah. the mural. I mean, They're like, oh my god, oh, mom yeah. was keeping secrets, and she's painted this essentially forever ago. She was the... Guardian that yes. was left to uh, watch over Midgard for the rest of the giants to come back yeah. and let them know when it would be right for the giants to come back. So we get into one of those weird timey-wimey complex things where it's like she knew everything they were going to do before they did it. Uh, yeah. And her actions set them on the course for doing this thing she knew they were going to yes. do. And this whole journey has been preordained and she saw it. And I think it's like Infinity War like where someone was kind of checking all these different possible outcomes and yeah. picking the exact okay. right ones to make something happen. And I think it's not explicit as to, like, why she sent you on this journey and what her motivation was. But I would assume, I interpreted it as a passing of the torch. Like, now you have to be the protector of this realm because I was. Or, mm -hmm. like, a warning of the future. Or she just wanted to share this aspect of herself now that she's gone. And isn't there a part of the prophecy that she writes on the wall that only Kratos saw? Yeah. The last panel. The last panel of it that we see, that Kratos sees. Atreus walks away. Atreus doesn't see it because it's hidden behind a raggedy old curtain. Uncharacteristically uh, sloppy right. of Atreus. Yeah. Atreus who reads everything <laughs> everywhere and yeah. is stoked about it. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's, I think he's excited about getting to the top of the mountain, yeah, though, yeah. so it seems That's true. like, you know, he's like, all right, Dad, like, I get it. Like, this is all our adventures. This is yeah. very cool. Mom, <laughs> Mom, yeah, we're all this. Yeah. <laughs> but let's do it. We're so close. Mm -hmm. and... So what's on the final? Uh, <sighs> That's a great question. It is a bit confusing, but it looks like Atreus is holding Kratos' dead body with like weird miasma coming out of yeah, his body is certainly not well yeah well, it right. looks like That's a not a healthy person like some kind of spirit snake coming out of his mm -hmm. mouth and he's holding an injured kratos yeah right yeah. he has like an axe buried in him or yeah and you know does that mean he's dead who knows i mean we've seen him get worse injuries in this game like mm -hmm. a uh, giant stone stalactite through the chest yeah. Yeah. And in the previous games, uh, a spear from Ares thrown thousands yeah. of miles away through the heart. Yeah, Kratos has a way of bouncing back. Yeah, if you look closely, there's also a green health pickup stone. So he's going to be fine. Uh, and that's almost it. Oh, then they get to the top of the mountain. They spread the ashes. And I think Kratos reveals to Atreus what his mom wanted to name him. Well, so listen, there's a moment where Atreus and Kratos are walking back. And Atreus is like... Oh, man, so my mom's a giant and my dad's a god. And, like, Sterling was with me as I finished the game. I looked at Sterling and I'm like, haha, like Loki. And then Kratos looks at Atreus and says, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Your mom wanted to name you Loki. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So he's, so he's Loki. Yeah, just like in mythology, mother of a Loki giant. Loki is very smart, too, right? Like that's Loki his whole thing. is very yeah. crafty, yeah. yeah. Loki's like a super douche, though, in, in mythology. He just, like, messes with people. Just because. Like, okay. So that's the that's the story of the game. Well, yeah, and I think... Because I would love... Well, that. almost. You gotta do my favorite part of the entire game. But, well, okay. literally them walking down back from the top of the tallest mountain in Jotunheim. And uh, Treyas is like, so why did you oh, go with the Treyas yeah, then? Yeah. If your mom wanted to call me Loki. And Kratos like weaves this beautiful tale of like Atreus like 
how he was like a Spartan soldier that fought and died with him and how he was always so upbeat and positive and made us feel human even though we were bred to be machines of war. And like he tells this amazing like story which is so different from the Kratos of the rest of the game. Because Kratos is trying to tell all these like short fables. Like he's like, yeah, I really miss the stories mom used to tell. Can you tell me a story, Dad? And he'll be like, uh, yeah, there was a man that stole things and he got caught. And when he was caught, he was going to be put to death. And his mom came up and cried and was like, I want to give you a hug before you die. And he bit the ear of his mother off. <laughs> and Trace is like, what? The, what was that? That's not a story. He's like, it teaches you. That the mother, the mother only taught yeah. uh, the boy of love, but nothing of consequences. Yeah. And I, I like, was like the one with like the frog that doesn't listen to his dad and like jumps oh. in the well. No, he does. He, he doesn't, doesn't even jump, jump in the well. In the well. Oh. Yeah. oh yeah, he <laughs> listened to his dad and like, didn't jump in the well, so he didn't die. Yeah, the, <laughs> I think this is actually my real favorite one was Kratos being like, there was a pond with two frogs in it. The pond dried up. The father frog told the son frog. Let us look for a new place. The sun frog found a well and said, Here is a place. We can go here. And the father frog said, No, son. If we jump in, we will never come out and we will drown. Well, what if, no, what if the well also dries up? We can't get back out. Oh, well, yeah. That too. Yeah. yeah. Well, regardless, the they don't jump in and they hop away. And Atreus is like, yeah, that's not a story. Like, <laughs> the said, story would be if the sun jumped yeah. in. And, you know, that would be great. And Kratos is like, if the son jumped in, his father would watch as he died. It would be very sad. He's <laughs> like, yeah, but what a story. Kratos <laughs> is like, we do not want that. But that's kind of representative of like Kratos' whole attitude on like being very pragmatic. But yeah. like, oh, I love I plan to find all of the Kratos stories, put them on put a, them on in a book, thing. and oh. keep them ready for my future child. Oh. I'm gonna be like, this is it. <laughs> These are the only stories. My kid's gonna go to like kindergarten and be like, some other kid's gonna be like, I'm going to be like Cinderella. Like she gets a, a dress and some slippers and marries a prince. And my kid's going to be like, yeah, but have you had the one about, heard the one about the frog? Don't jump in wells. Like, yeah. My favorite one were, was uh, once there was a boy, he often lied. Then he met a princess. He stopped lying. And he learned it was better not to. <laughs> <laughs> That's Aladdin. <laughs> Oh, Kratos story. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just, the way that this game managed to really develop Kratos and Atreus as like dynamic characters with change and growth yeah. and just the way you feel Kratos develop because you're playing him is just something that I don't think many games accomplish as successfully as God of War for PS4 does. Yeah, I think the human element of it does really work. I don't know if I don't know if I was as invested in the the stuff with the Norse pantheon because I think even though you're constantly hearing about it, I think it took a backseat in the plot that was yeah, playing out. I would agree. But the story between Kratos and Atreus, I think that that's what really makes this game worth playing. Yeah. So to take a deeper dive, let's talk about mm -hmm. that theme, right? There's definitely a theme of familial ties and that father-son relationship and I think specifically seeking redemption through your child it's definitely Kratos's arc and I think it kind of subverts the arc of Kratos and Zeus that we've seen and I think that the arc of Thor and his sons mm -hmm. and the arc of Freya and Balder all kind of stand in contrast to this thing that Kratos is trying to achieve with Atreus 
Yeah, a lot of the stories in the that the game kind of tells you through the the head Mimir or um, Atreus reading things he finds like in the world, they all kind of develop this idea of most of these gods having almost no compassion for regular people. And that's what sets Atreus apart. Atreus is always looking to help the people mm-hmm. around him. And I think at first that bothers Kratos because he thinks the boy is being, he's just following his flights of fancy, like following every whim. And I think by the end, he comes to appreciate the fact that this is a sign that Atreus could be different. Mm-hmm. Could be Which, better. Yes. And I think, that, like, so if you remember at the end of the game, after they kill Balder, Lemire tells them something just changed. Everything about what's supposed to happen in the world just changed. And I think you just made Ragnarok come sooner. Yeah. But I would, I would almost argue that this game wants you to think Ragnarok might not be such a bad thing. Because the person who is the antithesis of all of these gods you've heard about is going to be what causes Ragnarok, right? I mean, do we want to take a moment and talk about actual Norse mythology and how it it compares and contrasts? I mean, Loki is not a a hero in Norse mythology. No, few people are heroes in Norse mythology. Balder, ironically, is a super good guy in Norse mythology, right? He's like the god of... Well, he doesn't bring basically do like, a ton, right? And no, then... but he's just like a cool, chill, happy guy. Like mm-hmm. he's so liked that when he's born, so he's born, and Freya goes around to every living thing and says, "Will you promise not to harm my son?" Not even every li- living thing, everything, right? <clears throat> and everything agrees, but she forgets about mistletoe because it's a you know Very mythology, uh, and also that. So she forgets about mistletoe, but like whatever, mistletoe is not going to bother father. So the game the gods would play all the time was throw shit at Balder because he's invincible. And he was like, haha, what a fun game. Like, mm-hmm. I'm everybody's friend. Everybody loves me. And then Loki's like, I'm bored. Ah, what to do? Ooh, that guy's blind. Mistletoe hurts Balder. Hey, blind guy, throw this thing at Balder. Don't even worry about it. And he throws, like, mistletoe at him and <laughs> kills him. And then everyone's like, who did that? And they blame the blind guy yeah. and put him to death. And then... Everyone's so upset that Balder's dead that they go to hell and they're like, can we have Balder back? And I was like, well, if you get every living thing to agree and to weep for Balder, then yeah. So they go around and every living thing weeps for Balder except Loki, who's like, nah, fuck that guy. So Loki kind of a douche. So, okay, do you think that the real version of Norse mythology is going to be what Odin spreads in the world of God of War. Because we've seen through Mimir telling you, like, he tells you the the story everyone knows. Then he tells you what really happened. And we know that Odin likes to manipulate information. So people think Frigg and Freya are two different people. That would be really interesting. Because Norse mythology in general is not like other mythologies. It's a lot less linear and more convoluted and mm-hmm. Ragnarok yeah. is something that has happened is happening and will happen but like it's very Ooh, actually on that note of Ragnarok being something that has happened will happen and is happening Kratos could arguably have caused Ragnarok <laughs> in Greece already he just keeps that's causing true. Ragnarok yeah that's true he is the Ragnarok machine apparently so, okay so this this brings me to something I actually really wanted to ask you guys I don't think we've talked about this even outside of the podcast what do you think is the current state of the world in this game oh my I gosh. have no fucking idea I, I Greece is in shambles I guess I didn't play the other games though mm-hmm. 
But you see people in Greece. Like, they're on the fringes of the story, but, like... But doesn't it end with everything just, like, on fire? Like, I've watched YouTube summaries. Yeah. Athena's like, don't do this. Do you want to know what the devs said about this? Or do you want to theorize first? Let's theorize. All right, I'll stay quiet until the end. You gotta make, like... I think, work, I, guess. I think there are people running around without you seeing them because you meet these dwarves who upgrade your weapons for you. You mean in... In the game. Like, okay, within that land. And you also meet yeah. humans in the very beginning. You do. Is... You meet some, like, raiders, and they're in the process of becoming Draugr. The Draugr are the undead people who couldn't fit in hell, right? Okay. And so the, the dwarves are always working on more weapons. So either the dwarves are supplying the Draugr with weapons to kill you, and they're, like, basically the Loki of this game, or <laughs> or there's a bunch of people who are coming and, like, buying shit from them. Yeah, I think there are other people. I think maybe that you are drawn into the more mythical realms that the yeah. humans aren't in. And also, the, the dwarves use hack silver. You're paying them money all the time, yeah. right? They need it for something. I have real questions about Greece and what that's like. <laughs> well, if you want an answer to the yeah, Greece okay, question, okay. Okay. the way the development team handled that and their own like, reasoning for this was that different belief systems only cover the geographical area where they're believed. Okay. So yeah. the Greek gods, that pantheon only had dominion over the area of so Greece. So they're like and, superpowered like, kings. Yeah. It's, like, it's like American gods. Style. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like American gods. Well, style. except when those gods died, their country didn't catch on fire. I think Kratos did that. Well, <laughs> I don't think that was the laws of physics. I think no, I think that I thought the laws of they thought nature was like crumbling. Yeah. Oh, because so, like so, uh, but, what's your name? Persephone died, so there's no more spring or whatever. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, but I think also some of that was tied to Pandora's box because at the end, it's I've heard arguments that. At the bottom of Pandora's box, there was hope, which uh-huh. imbued itself into Kratos, and by Kratos impaling himself, released hope upon the world, or at least oh, Greece. And, and that's that, why we have Atreus. Maybe. Well, that's why Greece uh, is maybe not hope was still in him. It didn't get out of him. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay, so Greece is fine. It's not. It's at on the end fire. Of it's Rome. No, like, I mean, that would like, be depressing, have... right? If these gods were all dicks, and if you kill them, well, no more world. Yeah, like. Not that that isn't what ha- what's happened, but it seems very, very pessimistic. But they're just saying that, like, the different Kratos belief systems, as they uh, have different effects, kind mm-hmm. of American God style, and that they have power over the dominion that... But Kratos still has his power. Does he, though? Why yeah, is he always complaining about how weak he is? I think because he's old. I think it's been a while. Well, it's already been, been at least how 10 years. How old was Zeus? Is he complaining about how weak he is? Yeah, he's complaining about how he's not what he used to be. I think it's because he's been intentionally hiding his god power for so long. That's what I assumed. I think that's. I wish they'd have touched on that if that's if they had like a good reason. I just thought that because he had gained his power through Greco myth and Hellenistic beliefs. Oh, that that, being here made that being here made him weaker. That was my interpretation. Or he killed all of his believers. Well, either way... Because Greece is on fire. Either way, <laughs> that makes him weaker, which is what my understanding right. of it That's was. That's really Maybe, interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I like that theory. That would be a good way for them to kind of rationalize him getting stronger through this game. Which, yeah. That's something I think I think we want to recover in a DLC episode. Oh my Maybe. gosh, that trope. Maybe. Because there... 
a lot of games spend a lot of work and like a lot of time on making it understandable why you have RPG elements that make your character grow throughout the game. And obviously for Atreus, 100% justified in this yeah. game. Really well done. For Kratos, I don't know that the gems... like oh, <laughs> He didn't man, feel I like a new put... set of plate armor was really yeah, what Kratos I, needed. Yeah, I felt like it put so much emphasis on his growth. But if instead his growth was by having more of a place in the Norse pantheon by being this god killer, well, that that's what was kind of I cyclically feeding him. I think totally. that you could argue that that's even what's happening because mm. what he's doing is helping spirits and helping people around the world, helping Brock mm -hmm. and Sindri. And, hel and these people and spirits are going down to hell or Valhalla yeah. and like spreading like, hey, this guy and his son just saved my life or they like finally set my soul to rest. Or, like, you know, like, they helped me forge the ultimate weapon. Like, something that's even cooler than Mjolnir. Yeah. Like, but they it's, do it very like, I think Zelda that, style, right? Yeah, like I, I think it might be in, like, it may be a Dark Souls fashion where it doesn't mm -hmm. outright tell you this, but maybe if you look into it, it's kind of inferred mm -hmm. that maybe that his helping people puts belief into him. But, me, but again, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, that would really, be I mean, I really like that cool. Yeah, I, mean, I, I prefer it. I don't want to argue with it because I like it. Yeah. yeah. I, di I didn't get that from the game, but I like it more. I felt like the RPG mechanics in this game didn't contribute to the story. I feel like they were just like, what makes a game epic? Oh, RPG mechanics. Well, they clearly. So, yeah, they do have to travel, and that's a really important part of yes. the story. The upgrades did make me feel a stronger connection with. Brock and Cindy, Cindy, which yes. were the two dwarves that provided you with the armor oh, and the weapons. You know what? For those who haven't played the game, it might be a good idea to just real briefly summarize yeah. what those mechanics are. Yeah. Which is you kind of have two main ways of getting stronger. First, you have your equipment, which is uh, like you will get a new pauldron or you get a new, for some reason, handle for your axe it's or like armor. And then, people that don't know what pauldron is. Yeah. <laughs> before this game. You get a yeah. new waist cloth or something, and then each one has, like, material holes, and you put materia in them and get stronger. And yeah. It's very, like, MMORPG-ish. Oh, for sure. Um, right down to the, like, purple armor is the best armor. Yes. Like, you know, this is the rare gems. I'm like, oh, I'm playing WoW again. I yeah. thought yellow was the best. It's not important. Yes, it, you're right. Oh, I'm sorry. In WoW, and, it was <laughs> And then separate to that, because your equipment allows you to upgrade Kratos' skills, which actually bothered me a little bit more, I didn't like that you start at level 1. Like, the game has this level system from, like, 1 to 5 with your weapons, and that determines what skills you can use. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was weird that I had to spend experience for Kratos to learn how to swing his axe. Well, yeah, it created some, uh, some what, ludonarrative dissonance, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That feeling that... The things that a game does that can take you out of the story. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm sitting in the story. I'm a super awesome god. Oh, I'm level... I got level one X. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, and I like clear. You spent a lot of this game finding things for Kratos. Not yes. really for Atreus that much. That comes automatically for the most part. Yeah, every once in a while, Rock's like, you want me to throw in a free outfit for uh, Atreus? I'm like, oh, oh, uh... Yeah, he'd look at it in mm. green. That's fine. Because that's, like, I mean, the motivation for most of your exploration, your traveling, is to find stuff for Kratos because the enemies are all leveled. And if you don't have a high enough gear, overall gear level, ooh. it gets a lot harder. Yeah, speaking of how the mechanics impact the story, let's talk about the difficulty mm -hmm. of this game. Because the game, weirdly enough, I 
felt like the game got easier mm-hmm. as I went on through it. Like at the beginning, and I played it on whatever yeah. normal. I, I my first playthrough of every game, I find just like the middle road. Yeah. I want to see what they think the default setting is. And there were some parts that were really, I like I was like I gotta I gotta work like I gotta work. And but the farther into the game I got, I was like ha 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 ha, yeah. easy. I'm a god like. And I do think that that's intentional. I think right. they're trying to lead you towards the gear. But my issue with that is because the incentive and then the way you get to it takes up so much of the game, but as a consequence of that, a lot of your time in the game is spent kind of ruminating on Kratos' growth as a warrior. And I felt like I was more interested in Kratos as a mentor to Atreides. See, and I felt the way the difficulty seemed to scale did two things for me in the game, mm-hmm. right? I felt like Kratos is getting the hang of it. I was like, yeah, I am a god. And I felt like Atreus was getting better. Yes, oh, for sure. And that, I was like, really like well narratively, I was like, oh, this game is getting easier because Kratos is like really getting back in the swing of being a god and Atreus is... Like, Atreus got better through the game and it made yeah. the game easier for me, which yeah, is... Yeah, I thought that was really Very, cool. like, against... Most game, most games get harder as you get a higher, you know, to a higher level. Like not all, but it's uh, the way it works nowadays. I think is it's kind of a series of curves. Mm-hmm. So you get it's really hard to express this on a podcast, but imagine <laughs> like a semicircle facing up, right? And then you get really high on this difficulty curve, and then it starts going down, right? Mm-hmm. That point where it starts going down is where the game rewards you for getting that far, and it gives you a new item. Like this is how Symphony of the Night. Or the Castlevania games. So like like a roller coaster. Like exactly. a series of hills. Yeah. So you always feel like you're working towards something, mm-hmm. and then you always have a break where you feel rewarded and you feel stronger. See, I just felt like this game just... just down. Yeah, this <laughs> game just consistently got easier. And, mm-hmm. and it, but it didn't take away from the fun, and it didn't take away... I think it added to the story, because I was like, oh, my Atreus kid, he's getting real good, and I'm getting real good. And yeah, it really did emphasize that you know, your mentorship has been having a positive impact on your kid. Yeah. And that, you know, even though you might not be doing parenting right all the time, you're doing it right enough and you're guiding them in the right direction. There's a, and I do think to drive that home, the game does make certain side quests like very important. Like a lot of character development happens in these side quests. So you do want to do them. Yeah. They're, they're important to the narrative. Yeah. Especially for Atreus's arc. One of the first dwarf quests, you encounter a soul devourer or something, some kind of terrifying monster where if it eats you, you don't go to hell. You yeah, just, you're, you're gone. gone. Mm-hmm. And Atreus, Kratos has been telling Atreus, we don't have to do anything unnecessary up to this point. And Atreus sees that and he says, well, we're, we already found what we came here for. There's no need to fight him. That would be unnecessary, right? He, he kind of protested too much. <laughs> and Kratos says, uh, there's like a moment where you kind of see something click in Kratos, where I would argue this is Kratos's idea of what is necessary expanding, right? Yeah. Like he, this is him finally thinking about the long term with respect to Atreus. So he says, no, we're going to fight it. And Atreus asks why. And he says, because you're afraid of it. And I thought that was such a great line. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, and it does kind of explain like, why does Kratos keep indulging Atreus and why is he leaping into these problems later in the game? It does, like, make that framework for that yeah. that development. And then, like, you know, maybe Kratos actually does enjoy being with his son and indulging on these flights of fancy. I think it definitely does towards yeah. the end. Because at the beginning, he's very... 
Kratos very, very displeased with he's, doing the side quest. He's very Spartan, if you will. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he isn't really about it. Which makes you feel, again, you're like, well, I guess I'm doing the side quest because it's a game and I, I'm going to play the side quest. So yeah. I do the side quest. But, you know, Atreus is the voice narratively that's like, we should do this. And there is that exchange where Kratos is like, we should, we should do this. And by the end of the game, right, after you complete it, you're able yeah. to go back and just do the side quest. And, I mean, should we talk about the little extra ending tidbit? Oh, yes. When they go back home after yeah. the end of the game. So after you've descended down the mountain, you've, Atre- uh, Kratos has told his very moving, very touching story about where the name Atreus came from. And this is all completely optional, by yeah, the way. The whole... Real talk, everybody, this is where I put down the controller. I was like, all right, I beat God of War. Time to, time to <laughs> gradually keep chipping away at Final Fantasy X. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Ten anyways, uh, you know, you go back down, and if you decide to go back to your home at the very, from the very beginning of the game, you enter the home, you lay down in bed, and it's just like, it's over. Like, the game has, like, seems like credits are about to roll, but then you see this, like, thunderstorm. <laughs> crashing sounds everywhere. And uh, when it, does, is there a flash forward in time? Does yeah, it, say, it says like, 10, ten years, years forward yeah. in the future. And Kratos bursts open the door and he sees like a hammer with too short of a handle. And you're like, oh no, I know this from the Disney movies. <laughs> the Disney movies? Yeah. The Marvel movies. Oh, okay. They're synonyms. Gotcha. Yeah, nowadays they are, unfortunately. So Disney will be a synonym for just. Movie? Yeah. I'm every, going to go to the Disney. <laughs> That sounds great! Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. What could go wrong? Every movie would be great! Every movie would be Star Wars. Every movie would be Coco. I like Coco. But anyways, you it's know, like you get this flash forward, you see Thor coming to challenge you, and then you guys wake up, and Trace is like, I had a vision that felt really, really real. Roll credits. So if that's implying that Ragnarok happens in ten years, okay. maybe... Then that, then that means in the next game, Atreus is like 18 or 20 or he something. He did not right? age, though. Right, but it was a dream. So yeah. I don't think they okay. want to make a new model for Atreus. No, well, yeah, but... So maybe so, that's the implication. The next game is 10 years later. All right. 2028, oh, yeah, let's get ready. Well, I mean... I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would you want to talk like, about predictions? Maybe, but I was going to maybe hit on what the devs were going for real Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... They had a lot of trouble getting this game going because a lot of the people that were giving the money were like, Kratos is a dick. And How much time... When did the last God of War game come out? uh, God of War for PS4 was in development for five years. Okay. And so they hopped right into development for this after the release of... God of War 3? I can't say with 100% certainty. God of War 3 was 2011, if I'm not mistaken. But I think there were some... some, other games that were not in chronological order so they were having trouble like getting any approval for this the producers were like you know what let's try it let's get rid of kratos let's not use kratos and they're like no kratos is very crucial to like the story we want kratos so the devs were pushing for that and they're like well if you're going to keep kratos then no boy and (laughs) they're like no atreus is also very important to the story because what the devs really wanted to do was tell this story of redemption because Oh, good. All of the the other games, Kratos is a dick. He's just killing people. He's not very sorry about anything that he's doing. 
and the devs explicitly wanted you to come away from this game rooting for projects. You know, it, it does kind of track with my own, like, puberty, basically, because I remember when the first God of War came out, I was, like, 12, maybe? And I could, like, I could tell that they were trying to appeal to my age groups, like, you know, we want edgier games, yeah. we want more adult games. It was falling from, like, the late 90s, that push. And it almost is, like, coming all the way to when we're in our late 20s now. Like, well, what? funny like, that you say that because mm -hmm. the devs were actually planning on doing that. That they were trying to target all the people that had been playing it. Yeah. But they're like, these people grew up and probably are still playing video games. And probably have kids that they call yeah. boy. <laughs> or, or girl. <laughs> or girl. Yeah. But, but, you know, they're like, this is our audience. Are the people that... <laughs> Sorry. I just imagined Kratos with the daughter and he's like, Girl, <laughs> read this book. <laughs> she looks just like a trans, but she has a ponytail. Yeah. Sorry, uh, go ahead. But anyways, yeah, the developers are really trying to target the people that played it the first time around, or people that are now, like, grown up and not really into, like, button-mashing sex scenes and uh, violence, like, just ultra-violence. Wait, you mean, are you talking about the Vase? The Vase minigame? Well, I mean, yeah, there was the there was a button mashing one and one of the later God of War ones, but some of the other ones you'd actually have to like rotate the right joystick, yeah, rotate the to left make joystick. The vase move. Yeah, to make the vase move, Chris. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the joke. When he's having sex, they pan off screen to a vase. Oh. And it, a child I, might think the vase is just moving. I did not play those games. <laughs> It's just shaking, like that's the game, shake the face. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> you, you hit the nail right on the head there, that's what the devs were going for. But they also wanted to show Kratos changing the cycle of violence and to, to control his rage for once, because not controlling it led to the destruction of Olympus, Yes. And um, they wanted to show what would happen if he actually made a good decision for once. By the way, earlier we were talking about the setting, and we weren't sure, like, what is the state of civilization in uh, Norway or whatever? Scandinavia. In Norseland. And, um, <laughs> did the devs say anything about that? Did they say, like, are there people running around this place, but you don't, you just don't see them? You know, I, from my research, I didn't see much talking about the little people, as uh, Atreus might have said in his mm -hmm. pubescent phase. But, you know, they really wanted to make the heart of the game Kratos teaching his son how to be a god, and mm -hmm. Atreus teaching his dad how to be human again. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And again, you guys, we all seem to pick up on that a lot. I think one of my favorite quotes from Corey Barlog, the creative director, was that, you know, they had essentially told the story of Hulk but now they wanted to tell the story of Bruce Banner. Oh. That, I'm glad he didn't give me that pitch before I played the game, because I would not <laughs> play that game. <laughs> well, they just wanted to do that to show that there was a more yeah. nuanced and interesting By side the way, of the I want to point out that I'm even more sure that being a god is a metaphor for being an adult now. Okay. Because the gods have to take care of oh, the humans, the kids. right? And by becoming more uh, of a god, Atreus becomes more of an adult in this game. Yeah. And parents, of course, in connecting with their so, children. when I become an adult, can I turn <laughs> into animals? Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. I definitely picked up on everything you brought up there. Yeah. I mean, again, another one of my favorite quotes from the creative team was that they wanted to give like a new tactile experience while delving deeper into the emotional journey of Kratos to explore the compelling drama that unfolds when an immortal demigod makes a decision to change. 
cute. Very right. cute. Yeah. I, I just thought it was pretty good, and it kind of really did show yeah. this exact notion. That like in, in, a, in one sentence, so that kind of encapsulates. What do you guys think, then, the next game... What should it be about thematically? What should happen in it? Give me, like, your pitch. I'm with Sony Santa Monica, and I'm like, listen, everyone did a great job on this God of War, but I'm just going to hire new people anyway. Talk to oh, me, man. Chris I, and Sony. So I, I have no idea what they're going to do next, but if I had to, like, just throw a pitch out there, yeah, I would say maybe you do play as both characters individually, and they're estranged now. And so, like, part of the game you're playing as... Uh, Kratos, and part of it you're playing as Atreus. Maybe. No, I mean, I'm going to pop in here yeah. and make it on the record that I totally think that's what they're going to do with the next Last of Us game. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but back that in. sounds cool. Back in. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man, I completely disagree on that uh-huh. one. I'm seeing something happens in the world, and Odin and Thor are like, you know what? We were after a giant, getting that last giant off of Midgard, because screw the giants, you know? But it turns I out... say that every fall in football season. <laughs> no one listening will get that. <laughs> I don't. But anyways, uh, Odin's going to be like, well, Loki's actually a half-giant, but he's also half-Greek god. We don't want that. We want to brainwash him a little bit. So he's going to send Thor over. He's going to kidnap Atreus. Atreus is going to be brainwashed, and Kratos will have been like out hunting or something when this happens. He'll be like... Damn it, gods! Not again! Wait, do you, so you think Atreus will still be a kid, like a young child? You know, I don't know. I don't think he'll be uh, young. I think he could probably be Does he age a teen. normally? Well, that's the thing. Oh, that's he's, a he's a god. But Kratos did age normally up until he reached around his prime, and then it slowed down a bit. That brings up a good point. Isn't Atreus likely to be more powerful than his father? Because his father is half god, half human. And that makes Atreus quarter human, quarter god, half frost giant, right? I don't, does that yeah. mean half god? I'm going by Dragon Ball Z rules. I think the less god <laughs> you have in you, the more powerful <laughs> you are. But anyways, to finish my pitch, Atreus gets brainwashed to believe he's more Loki than Atreus and kind of maybe resents his father for his time where before the journey. And uh, the gods are like, yeah, you're one of us now. But Loki then becomes kind of like more like mythological Loki, where he's kind of a prankster because he doesn't actually know whose side he's on anymore because he feels the nagging of Kratos in his head, but also, like, the brainwashing of the Norse Norse pantheon. Okay, so, okay, if I were to give my pitch, I think something happens to Kratos, right, to fulfill that last panel, and Atreus... The panel where where Atreus is holding him while he's dying or something. and I think it's unleashing, like, Atreus's rage and vengeance. So you play as Atreus, and it's kind of a testament to how Kratos raised him. This game, like, tests if Kratos did what he set out to do. Kind of, right? yeah. It's, it's like, like the Walking Dead season one to two. Yeah, right? Atreus gets to, like, go out, and he's like, I'm going on my quest for vengeance. Mm-hmm. And he, like, starts Ragnarok in this quest, and then he's, like, trying to save Kratos, and he realizes that maybe he's not being a good god while he goes about it. So he kind of like writes his course. I mean, we can all agree the Norse pantheon is not making it through many more of these games, no. right? No, and I'm not, I mean, yeah, I'm not upset about that. What, mm-hmm. okay, wait, what pantheon do you want to see? So they finish their Norse arc, 
and Kratos and Atreus oh, go on to kill I, I another. More like, yeah, well, I they're going to murder all of them. And they go well, on to kill another pantheon. What What's the next mythology you want to see them? I have developer insight from my research, so okay. why don't you guys okay. go? Do you I think the most similar in terms of having like a pantheon that's very safe to do in the modern world Probably Egyptian. Yeah, that's very safe, and I love Egyptian mythology, so mm-hmm. I would be like, I would be there. I picked up the Assassin's Creed game in Egypt because I love Egypt. Yeah, like, and, and you've got a lot of these gods with very defined roles yes. too, and good imagery. Very traditional archetypes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the god of death. This is god of death. Yeah, well, uh, I, mean, I would love talk, to see. Like, I want to see. Well, we're, we're gonna say the same thing. Hindus? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I think it's like a kind of a minefield <laughs> to make a game about killing. I, that's fair. People's yeah, that's guns. fair. But it's so cool. I yeah, just yeah. think. I just want to see them all in there, like, fucking shit up. Well, well, I agree that Hindu mythology is super interesting. Uh, There were actually clues within the game that the devs left in there. Oh, no, I missed them. In the panel where they show the different symbols for war. Yeah, right when they're uh, kind of going over those different symbols of war. So you had... Egypt is in there. You had Egypt with the uh, Eye of... Horus? Horus, maybe. I don't remember. Um, You have the Omega from Greek mythology mm-hmm. you have whatever uh norse mythology one was and the last one was mayan mythology oh sweet oh okay, okay. so they have, i don't know much about mayan mythology well that's the I thing know there's is, a big snake of feathers they, they are interested in doing that the devs I, were trying to that like, would be a cool reboot i watched like, the totally road to el dorado was that mayan uh i don't know yes because i think incan was South America, mine was Central okay. America, but don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> well, it's on record now. <laughs> <laughs> he gave a real pointed look to the mic there. So. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not sure if there was a Mayan logo in the game, just to uh-huh. clarify. Okay. But the devs have shown interest that in the next five games that they're planning on releasing. Oh my God. Um, wow. Yeah, that they want, plan to finish up Norse mythology, explore Egypt mythology, okay. and uh, delve into Mayan mythology. Egypt feels like the obvious <laughs> I think, choice. Guys, I, I changed my answer based oh. on this conversation. Okay. I think the next game will work exactly like this, except you will have a 20-year-old Atreus following behind you. <laughs> And then when you jump on the cliff wall, he jumps on your back still and you just climb together. Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, one last thing that I really wanted to hit home that the devs said was that they really wanted to have every player have the same story experience in this game. They didn't Mm -hmm. want to have like too many like branching Mm -hmm. endings and they felt that diving into the camera mechanics here and having it be one continuous cut for the entire game was an important part of their creative design. You know, I'm, achieving I actually it. would like them to take that further. I mean, I definitely get how the travel and the exploration kind of builds that that part of the story where uh, Kratos is trying to teach his son to be self-sufficient and like to scavenge and stuff like that. I mean, because his son is like a Viking. Yeah. But I actually feel like I wouldn't mind the game being more linear. I There's yes. diminishing returns I, on the exploration. I don't mind a linear game. Mm-hmm. I don't mind a linear game at all. If they're trying to tell me a really good story, I mean, you can tell a really good story in an open world game, yeah. too. We all played Breath we, of the yeah, Wild. Yeah, we just came out of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I was fine with that, too. Yeah, but, like, I mean, they shouldn't be afraid to make a nice linear game. Right. There's yeah. Especially defi- for an action game. Yeah. There's definite benefits to having something that plays like a book reads. Yes. But but to, to go back to Sterling's point, I mean, you can see that in the way the camera moves in the game, right? Like, it's they don't cut 
I don't think they ever cut. The opening yeah. start screen for the game, when you turn it on for the first yeah, time, yeah, literally is just Kratos standing yeah. there looking at the tree he's about to cut down. That's how the game starts. And then when you click it, it just goes into you swinging the axe into it. It's, That's beautiful. It's, it's cool. I mean, I will say I was so I was in the menu so much that I don't know. I think maybe the effect yeah. was diminished for me. But yeah, the game is. It never takes you out of that perspective yeah. of being right next to them. It always keeps you looking at what it wants you to look at. Uh, I think that's an effective yeah. way to do it. And I think so, it's something that like a lot of games don't focus on. It's like the cinematography of mm -hmm. your yeah. experience. Yeah. And I want to talk. I, I'm glad you bring that up because I think images are some of the most powerful tools this game uses to tell you a story. We've talked about how this game just like vomits exposition at you like it has there's a character yes. whose only role in the game is to throw exposition at you and he like is the mirror like the, talking, the head. literal talking head yes yeah. he's a literal talking head his job is to tell you about um why you should be excited for odin to be in the next game info dump info dump right. info dump but the, while that's happening the game is still telling you a story the game is using the animation of like when you go through um when you're climbing and and Atreus has to hold on to Kratos's back or Kratos going through the narrow cracks and he always puts Atreus in front of him so he yeah. can keep his eye on his son. And there's so much of the game using these images to at first show you like well, they're kind of an uncomfortable and partnership. It shows the, but... the thing I brought up earlier with him touching him and not touching him. Yes, like there are yeah. moments where the camera pauses to show you Kratos reach out mm -hmm. and then pull his hand away. And it definitely really it does a lot of telling. Yeah, but it, when it does the showing, it does the showing yes. really I think well. That's what get me gets me through the whole game, really. I mean, I feel like I had a lot of quibbles with the storytelling, but at its core, this game is about a dad climbing a mountain, like literally climbing yeah. up a mountain with his son on his back. Yeah, and that's a powerful image, right? That that is. And they do use. I mean, I do think maybe you've climbed three too many mountains, <laughs> but. <laughs> There is, for the audience who hasn't played this game, there is a part where you get to the top of the mountain and it's very triumphant. And then the game is like super hot fire. It's like, psych, that's the wrong mountain. <laughs> and then the, but you, that's where you find the talking head. And yeah. he's like, I'll tell you where the real mountain is. Except he kind of does and kind of doesn't. He kind of does and kind of doesn't. You gotta climb a few um, more mountains to get to that mountain. And Along those lines, Atreus's fighting style is so cool. Like to watch that develop as the game it goes gets on. It's a lot more visceral. Like yes, he gets and tactical. Like yeah, he gets real sophisticated yes. as the game goes on. By the time you fight Balder, I thought this was really cool and well justified. Atreus is doing some real cool shit in the fight with Balder, yeah. and it he does that before you fight Balder. Yes, like as you get further in the game, when you're juggling enemies, you can see. Atreus jump off your shoulders and like shoot people in the air like Devil May Cry style and stuff. It's cool to watch, but it's also really good because you don't see him doing that at the beginning of the game, right? And mm -hmm. it's and that's all just shown to you. It's yeah. not told. I it's mean, a really good balance. Yeah. And the thing that this story did for me better by being a game than by being a movie, right? Because any game you can sit and watch someone play through it on YouTube or watch all the cutscenes was I think the time investment is important. Mm -hmm. I felt like I spent a lot of time walking around and, like, accomplishing things with, like, Atreus. Yeah. And some of the mechanics, the way they were involved, like, 
Atreus not listening to you felt super personal to me because I am pressing that button. I am telling him what to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. So that felt really personal because I was telling him to do this and he didn't. It wasn't like a character on, on screen was like, Atreus, do this. And he's like, no. Like that felt very personal. And, and then, like I said, again, like the scaling of difficulty, mm-hmm. I really felt personally the benefits as Atreus got better and as I got yeah. better. And, you know, we talked about how Atreus stops listening to you, and that's one way of the game taking him away from you. Mm-hmm. But there is that period when he's sick, and yeah, you're just by yourself. You. The game does, it's kind of a cool thing it does, where it makes things more valuable, and then it takes them away from you for a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, you learn how valuable they mm-hmm. really were. Of course, yeah. Any other final thoughts? No, I think maybe we could move on to uh, the game you were proposing, Chris. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> well, first, I... Before we do that, yeah. I do want to ask you guys, you know, would you recommend someone play this game? And if you do, is there anything you want to tell anyone who wants to jump into this? Have we spoiled this entire game? Is it too late now? Or Well, spoiler, spoiler alert goes with all of our all uh-huh. of our game breakdowns, I would say. I, I think it's worth playing even knowing what happens. I, I agree. The experience, like I was saying, that experience of being Kratos and growing with your son. What do you think, Sterling? Oh, yeah, I 100% agree. I, somebody could spoil one of my favorite books mm-hmm. to you, but I would still say there's value in reading that book because just the way you put things together and the way that like you interpret it and the way that you get to experience yeah. this particular game does tells like maybe what could be seen as a you know father-son story in a way that hasn't been done before and I, I, we i mean we all knew what was going to happen when when kratos told atreus you have to harden your heart yeah. we kind of had an idea <laughs> of where the story was going right? yeah yeah you might argue the moment we saw kratos had a son we knew where the story was yeah going. yes yeah i it was definitely a good journey mm-hmm. it was a good journey yeah uh i would two thumbs up i would i would say this if you're going to play this game and you're skeptical don't be afraid to play it on easy or normal. Um, and don't be afraid to just leave Whoa, no some... shame to anyone who plays it on normal. No, no, no. What, what I'm saying is I played it on hard, and I felt like it did not add as much as I want. Because I, I thought, oh, this is an action game. Maybe I have to play it on right. challenge mode. To really feel it. And by the end, like, I will say, it made the fights with the Valkyries really cool. Those are, like, the optional enemies. Yeah. Those are great fights. But there were a lot of times where I felt like I was just kind of spinning my wheels with some of the exploration. And I would say, like, don't feel too attached to conquering this game as an action challenge. Because I personally think, as a fan of action games, the action's great, but I think the story is really where the the big draw, yeah. Yeah. And for those of you that are trophy hunters like me, there (laughs) is no distinction on how you beat the game, whether it's on the easiest mode or God of War difficulty. You're going to get the trophy. You don't get a trophy for for playing it on God of War difficulty? No. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know any game did that. I assumed you always had to play it. I thought that's why I didn't let you For the platform? Yeah, 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 it's fine. You don't need it. I thought that's why I didn't let you switch to it. No, we loaned our game out. Yeah. Okay. So guys, go to Blockbuster. Get this game. <laughs> There's one Blockbuster in, left. Go to Portland. <laughs> Blockbuster. Throw it in your PlayStation. Put the cartridge in the PlayStation. Have cartridge a in. good old time. Put the cartridge in your <laughs> Nintendo. Exactly. All right. So let's get to this game. Oh, yeah. Chris, tell us your game. Oh, yeah. So here's the game. I'm going to tell you guys uh, a story for a video game. 
but I'm going to tell it in a very pragmatic style, not unlike Kratos, God of War. Point is, I'll tell you a story. You guys guess what game I, I'm saying, and then you guys go. Yeah, yeah. All right. So here's here's the first the first. Okay, game, I'm like okay? excited. It feels like a game show. Okay, right. I feel like this is like a challenge. Once there was an irresponsible and foolish man. His foolishness got his son killed. Then he was still irresponsible, and his son was put in danger yet again. His other son. <laughs> and then he learned to look after his sons properly. This is God oh, of War. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You're right. <laughs> It's heavy rain. Yes. <laughs> Aww. Sean. Sean. Oh, heavy rain. Okay. All right. All right. I can go. Okay. I can go. Give me a sec. Okay. I got to drive to my Kratos voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, mine was back, so don't Once there was a man who murdered many, many people, all for treasure. And when he found the treasure, he messed up. And ran away. It was uncharted. It's uncharted. Wait, wait, he messed up and ran away. He just loses the treasure at the end. Oh wow! <laughs> Spoiler alert for every uncharted. Also, that's why there's four. Yeah, it's like Indiana Jones. Like he finds it, and then he's like, "Oh shit!" And then he runs <laughs> away. <laughs> Boy, there was a foreigner that came to a strange land. He was in dire need of help. He became friends with many people. Big people. And with the help of these big people and him, he averted catastrophe. I like my instinct what? is Octopath because there's many people and you're playing Octopath right now. Yeah, but they're people. not big. Big people. <laughs> the moral of the story is work with others and don't be afraid of foreigners. Super Mario World. Ooh, close. Uh Alright. Oh, oh is it is it Mario Odyssey? No, I think because there's, there's the right New Dog City. I, I don't I still don't know. What was it were you about to say? Zelda? Which one? Oh, is it Majora's Mask? Yeah. Oh shit, you're right. You have to get the giants to help you defeat the Oh, yeah, maybe he was a bit too obtuse. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, I got one. I got one. Okay. <laughs> Once a broke man came to the city. He threw away his moral scruples and worked very hard. And then he became rich. What is, uh, Sleeping Dogs? Uh, I like I these Jeopardy rules. Maybe, I, I, I was thinking, oh, you, you try, you, you guess. I don't even know. He was poor. What is Grand Theft Auto? Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Got it. I like that. The important part is he worked really hard. <laughs> yeah, he worked. Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, he was like essentially a really high-end limo service <laughs> with other people's cars. Yeah. Yeah, I've never played a Grand Theft Auto game. What? Well, we're gonna have to change that. No, it kind of had the God of War problem. I was like, I was like, oh, this game's about stealing things and. Well, actually, I just heard that Rockstar is making a new Grand Theft Auto about a father and a son. And their <laughs> yeah. It really humanizes them when the baby's oh. out the window shooting people. Yeah, I Grand Theft Auto never, I was never like, that's something I want to experience. I think we gotta play, maybe this is a, a game for a future preview. episode. Yeah, maybe oh, we gotta no. get Lindsay through a crime game. Yeah. How Ooh. do you get through your life oh, not man. playing one of these games? We should try like True Crime Streets of LA. 
I've actually never played that one. But I heard it had a good story. <laughs> okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so, you know, I guess not, you'll have to tune in to another play. episode hey, hey, to sleep, find out. I mean, Sleeping Dogs, probably not the most GTA-like game, but solid story, right? Yeah, Sleeping Dogs is super solid. We own it. I haven't played it. I think, I think that's... I think that, that could should be, be nice. on the table. Right. You guys should write in and tell us what we should play next. Be sure to follow us on our social media. You can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at player versus plot. That's player vs plot. Our email, if you want to reach us, is player versus plot at gmail.com. And of course, you can always subscribe so you don't miss any new episode from us in whatever podcast feed you use, or go directly to our website at playervsplot.com. Let's let's do some uh, Kratos impressions. Start with Lindsay. Oh, I have a quote that I like from Kratos that I wrote down. Okay. Oh, boy, do not be sorry. Be better. That's real. I'm oh, gonna say that to my kid. That is a good one. I, must, I wrote it down. Dad, Dad, I'm real sorry. Boy, <laughs> I am Dad. <laughs> <laughs>